Beating Alpha. This is episode 74. And this one is going to be very special uh, for one reason is because I have a, this incredible bio, which is sitting in front of me. And uh, you'll see in a few in a few seconds uh, how this man looks. And he will be able to tell you more about his background, his history, and how he's been able to accomplish all, all these things. But first of all, his name is Gary Lipsky. Uh, he's a managing partner of APT Capital Group which buys opportunistic value at B and C class properties. Uh, Gary has been a real estate investor since 2002 and has invested in over 1,700 units. Gary is a real estate financial modeling, certif uh, modeling certified and has been a successful business operator for over 30 years. Gary co-hosts the podcast Passive Income through multifamily real estate asset management Fridays. That's a big name, but I'm sure you're gonna be able to find it on iTunes. So make sure to go and subscribe to that. And the Asset Management Summit. That's another podcast that you should go and check it out. So uh, welcome to the show, Gary. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. I think we're gonna have some uh, some good time here. Again, you know, you accomplish all these big things and a lot of people who uh, turn on this episode, they kind of a little bit envy, uh, thinking like, oh my God, is it even possible? And probably this man is just a, you know, freak of the nature or something in, in, in those words, you know? So, but can you talk about your beginnings and just tell people that uh, you are not of a freak of nature and that everybody can do this business, right? It's funny, you know, I, I look at others and see how much they accomplish and I'm like, wow, I haven't done anything, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's all, you know, perspective, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, is, is, you know, I guess the, it, you know, the secret sauce is just, is that consistency, but, um, you know, I, I've always been an entrepreneur, you know, when and I grew up in New Jersey and, you know, during the winters, I shovel driveways and during the summer, I uh, auto, you know, detailed cars for some money. And so I, I started getting that kind of, you know, how, how do you market? How do you put yourself out there? Um, how do you, you know, control your own destiny, you know? And um, I, uh, I, start, I opened a, a restaurant delivery service in, uh, in college, modeled it after someone that was doing it very well in Boston. And uh, we were quite successful, went back to school, set you know, other people up to run it. They ran it into the ground. Um, but, you know, I wish I had that vision um, like DoorDash or Postmates back then, because man, if I, if I had grown it, you know, uh, like that, that would, that would be, uh, uh, quite su uh, successful. But, um, you know, I, I went from, from that to, I was an independent producer on a few films and that really got me to understand, you know, managing people and dealing with crisis because when you're, when you're filming a movie, every, every day is like, you know, you've got to make the day no matter what, you know, you've got crises that come up and, and that kind of trained me for um, running businesses through, through downturns, through COVID, whatever it may be to, to, to be ready to deal with anything that comes up because there's always surprises and you have to deal with it. Yeah. That, again, I just got a little bit confused because I think a lot of people did too, but I mean, in a good way, it's like, how did you go from restaurant management to creating movies? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, I minor, I didn't minor in film, but I was like one class short. I should have paid more attention to that. Um, <laughs> I had a family member in, uh, in the film business and I liked, um, you know, the creative side and the business side 
of things. I liked the uh, the energy, the excitement. You know, when we were, I was in the restaurant delivery service, it was it was just it was just delivery. It was just widgets, and it wasn't um, exciting. And I remember my um, entrepreneur teacher in uh, in college saying, "Do something that you love to do." And you know. Uh, Back then, you know, you're young, you're like, I just want to make money. I don't, I don't care what I do. And quickly, you know, ha- you know, having a team of, de- de- you know, delivering food got really boring. I mean, I like to eat and, you know, I like food, but it was just a matter of, of more and more deliveries and, and that grew old really fast. Um, and so real, you know, film is, is, is quite similar to real estate as far as you've got the creative side when, you, when you're looking at a building and saying, what am I going to do to increase the value of it? You know, whether it's the paint, the exterior, the branding, whatever it is, and then doing the number side of things too, to make sure you're, you're on budget, you're on track. So, you know, I don't think anyone re- really would correlate the two, but it, it really, you know, for me, I like having that, both sides of it. It it it, um, it excites me. It energizes me, and um, um, you know, I I, I uh, I'm just a, a passionate person, and that, and that's gonna fuel me. So it's not work. You know, I enjoy what I do, and so I don't mind doing the long hours and dealing with some of the things that you you know you don't want to necessarily deal with at times. Yeah, that, that, that is very interesting. I do understand uh, how is that similar because both of these things require for, require for you, you know, to be passionate about what you do, first of all. So, you, you know, that, that has to be there. But coming back to the movies, like, can you tell people what, uh, like, the, the names of the movies that, that people maybe can go and watch and, and see what, what those movies were? Yeah, um, Probably the only one that they'll be able to find is Goost, and that starred uh, Jennifer Tilly. Um, I know Brand from Marsalis. And that's music. that's nineteen ninety nine. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, the the other one is uh, is Crossfire. Yep, Crossfire. Lethal Ju- <laughs> Lethal Justice also, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, awesome. these are like Lethal Justice we made for I don't know sixty five thousand. Crossfire we made for under a half a million. And then Goose was a bigger budget that was like two million. But um, yeah, it's 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 learn under fire and uh, problem solve. And you know, it's you've got a very small window to get everything done. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it was it was it was fun. Um, it was exhausting, but uh, it it trained me well for everything that you know business aspects down the road. You know. That's exactly what I wanted to say, because from my perspective, and I think from so, some of the viewers' perspective, because some of the, you, you're still going to get, you know, 1% of the people are going to be like, how is that a business? But like, if you're saying like the budget is like 60K and you have to build a movie from that, and I'm sure there's a lot of moving pieces and there's a lot of creativity have to be involved. Like how, how do you allocate that 60 grand towards like, what's the most important pieces that I have to allocate the, the capital to? And like, how did the time frame? like, oh my God, like there, there is a lot. So it's a solid business, like, you know, building movies as far as I'm concerned. But again, it's everybody's, uh, everybody's views are, are different. But that's but that's very interesting. I never knew. So so thank you a lot for sharing that you know with the people. Yes. So 
when it comes to real estate investing, I mean, um, that happened for you 12, uh, 18 years ago, 2002. So can you talk about your beginnings uh, of, you know, real estate investing and how did you discover that, uh, you know, that place? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, I had a, a daughter that was just born and we we're looking for our, our first house, but we, you know, I, I did it differently than other people. It wasn't like, okay, this is our going to be our forever house. We were looking for a value add house, something that, you know, we can buy, fix it up and bring value. And then, you know, and then improve to another neighborhood, you know? So little did I know that that was going to play a role in my multifamily business down the road. But, um, I, you know, we, we, we found a house and, um, I, you know, I had, no money down. I was in debt at the time, um, but I was able to get uh, get a house. We converted the garage into an office, and um, we eventually opened up the kitchen. and And so that gave me kind of perspective of uh, working with contractors and um, imp implementing a value add phase, which I was I was able to use down the road. Uh, and then I was I, I leapfrogged that into a nicer house, into a nicer house, and turned. Uh, previous house into a rental. So I started in, you know, single family home rental. Uh, and then I was looking at some small multifamily uh, for a while and uh, just never, uh, it, it never worked out. I was in contract on something, but until I connected with Kyle uh, Mitchell as a business partner, then our, our business kind of really took off of having that trusted uh, person to really, um, leapfrog our business quite honestly well okay so can you talk about the importance of having the right partner because again in this business you know leverage and partnerships are kind of important deal so is it but is it the question again for the people who are brand new in the space and they want to get involved maybe into real estate investing or syndication multifamily like how much of that is is a key piece for this business oh absolutely real estate is such a team sport um, you, you just can't get deals done without, without partners because unless you do go real small ball, which is, which is fine and people do really well, but for what I was looking for, you know, you've got to have certain net worth, liquidity, uh, experience with the, with the uh, lender, if you're doing, um, uh, agency debt. So team is so important and, you know, Kyle and I keep uh, track of anyone that we talk to as far as where they could potentially fit. Are they an, uh, an LP investor? Do they want to be a key principal? Are they a GP? And if they're a GP, how much money can they raise? Um, what can they bring to the table? What, um, what's their net worth? What's their liquidity? Um, but having a, a, a business partner, you know, for us, it, was, it gave us confidence in our underwriting, um, you know, to able to, you know, share what we each saw and say, hey, is that, is that what you're seeing? Or is it different, you know, sharing ideas and uh, it just, it just really, it just really helps because there's a lot of people that will say no, quite honestly, you know, we, on another deal of ours, we talked to a lot of different partners to, to bring on and, you know, a bunch of them said no. And, um, and then, and that happens. Um, but we were able to get the deal done. The deal's performing, you know, very well. Um, it just, it, it just, you know, for different people, they could be working on different things. So you need to have, you know, a, a, a bunch of people that you can go to, 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 to push things over the finish line. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so the element uh, in multifamily space, um, having a right team, the right partner is, is crucial, right? So can you talk about uh, your experience, again, meeting your partner? I mean, how do you create those life situations where you meet those people that become your business partners? Yeah, so I, I go uh, to a lot of conferences. Obviously, it's, it's different now, but, uh, you know, meet up. So I met uh, Kyle at a meetup um, uh, probably almost uh, two years ago. And, um, you know, we developed a relationship and, you know, I was going to Phoenix, he was going to Phoenix and we were looking at the same properties. So we said, why don't we go together? And, um, you know, so when you're leaving at 5 a.m. in the morning, driving out there and, um, you know, coming back late at night, you're in a car, you, you see that, you know, this person has the same values or not, the same work ethic, how they, how they look at things, how they, how they treat people. And, you know, those are things that um, you can see over time. And um, we just felt a really good bond. We, we did two deals together from our own separate companies. And then in the last six months, we combined our two companies, um, you know, after like a, a dating period, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is awesome. I love that story. So again, um, 1,700 units, that's a, that's a big number, you know, to be on. And that's, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of years, 2002, uh, the beginning, the journey of, of real estate investing. Like what what portion, what percent of of those units are you uh, a limited partner or your GP? Yeah, the bulk uh, are um, as, a, as an LP. So I started investing in other people's deals to kind of learn what they were doing right, what they were doing wrong how they're looking at things. So um, we control 170 units right now. Um, although we have something, uh, we're working on a contract right now that would double that. Um, uh, we've been you know, aggressively uh, underwriting deals for quite a long time. Um, but yeah, I just, I just started investing in other people's deals, gain, gaining experience, and then we were ready to go out on our own. So last May, um, we had our, our first deal that, uh, 1.7 million. And then our second deal we did was, um, fifth, a little over 15 million. Um, but you know, so we, we jumped, you know, we almost tenfold it because of the relationships that we built over time. Yeah. Yeah. Again, coming back to relationships. Yeah. That, that's another piece that would like to expand a little bit, but first of all, I just want to maybe come back to the point where you acquired that $1.7 million deal. Maybe you can talk about, cause the first is, is the first, you know, the first one, I think it's, it's, it's always where, where it leaves the most memories, you know, at least, at least for me, every time I, you do something the first time it's the first one, right? So can you talk about just running through back uh, that deal, like how many units are we talking about? Where is it based? And the process uh, that you went through to actually to find and close the deal? Yeah, um, it's a 42 unit in Tucson. And, um, you know, Kyle was actually going out with his, his wife at that for that trip and called all the brokers and the broker just got the key. So he was the first one to look at it. And that's actually how we got our second one too is we were basically first to, you know, first to see it and we got to jump on the underrunning. So that's so key because timing. Yeah. Yep. In the beginning, you're, you're not getting off market deals. So you better be, you know, first to the first of the punch to, to see things. And um, if you like something aggressively go after it. And, and that doesn't mean you can have conservative underwriting. It just means, you know, 
maybe you shorten the due diligence period, whatever it is for you to help, you know, separate yourself from someone else without, without, you know, jeopardizing your, your, your underwriting, you know, not to be too aggressive because you, you don't, if you've never done it before, it's, it's, it's nerve wracking. And no matter how many training classes or whatnot, you've got to be super conservative because if you can, you, you do well in your first one, it'll be no problem getting the second one. If you do well on your second one, it'll be no problem on your third. But that one screw up was gonna, is gonna cost you, so you better not screw up, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's right, it's like, that's, that's what I said exactly. The first one is kind of the most important because it's just like riding a bike. Like once you learn, you know, again, there's always gonna be some things along the way. It doesn't matter how many thousands of hundreds of thousands of units you might have, there's always a learning curve in this business, uh, in any business. But the first one is the first one, right? So talking about the current like deal flow, maybe you can talk about like how many deals do you actually have in a pipeline? Because you're talking about doubling again, going to 340 units and uh, in, in probably a short time frame. So like how many deals are you guys currently are looking at? Oh, um, it does go in ebbs and flows now. It certainly picked up quite a bit, you know, but um, yeah, we're, I mean, Sometimes we might have five deals in the, in the hopper that we're looking at um, and we just, you know, rack and stack and what's the most probability, what's the, you know, to close and, or the least competition or how can we get a jump if it's going on a best and final, because if it's going a best and final, um, you know, you're going to have a very, very low success rate. Um, because if someone's going to overbid, whether it's the 1031 or, they just have uh, cheaper access to money, whatever it is, uh, you'll usually get beat. And if you win a best in the final, sometimes you're like, ooh, did I overpay, you know? <laughs> um, you know, so uh, the deal that uh, we currently have on the contract, it, you know, it, some of these deals right now just take forever. So we thought we had it, then um, the seller didn't realize their um, prepayment penalty was much larger than they thought. So the deal kind of fell apart and then they went, uh, they were okay with the assumption with a tremendous discount on the deal. Um, so then it became uh, back alive again. So um, we did the due diligence on Friday and uh, hopefully, and that was with access. So while we're working on the contract, we asked for due diligence because it's assumption, there's a lot of moving parts. So we wanted to get a head start on that. So hopefully we locked down the, uh, the contract this week and uh and then um uh you know close it in uh in the, within the next uh, 90 days awesome awesome which i'm sure is going to happen and looking forward to seeing to seeing the deal seeing the property because i know uh we are both on facebook so i'm sure you're gonna you're gonna show off the property which <laughs> I, again the current deals uh you know look great so can you talk because again uh by the pro by this by the way it sounds it seems like you guys have some deals coming into your pipeline you're looking at some deals but at the same time you're seeing no to some of the properties. So maybe you can talk about your underwriting process and uh, like what type of assets are you currently looking for? Yes, uh, B and C class, uh, typically in Phoenix and Tucson. Um, we have uh, properties in both markets. We have a strong uh, partner in our property management company and our rehab team. So, um, and, and they're great markets to be in. So we, we, we really favor those markets. Um, so, sorry, circle back. What was that reminding the question again? Yeah, it's just the underwriting process. What you guys yeah. are looking for, like, yeah. So uh, definitely, um, 
uh, value add. So we go to a property and look for things that we can do that um, sometimes will cost a lot of money and sometimes doesn't cost a lot of money. So uh, like our first property, we, we fixed the exterior. Didn't cost a whole lot of money, but boy, we were able to jump rents you know, 50% and the people stayed. So huge opportunity without costing a lot. Um, as far as uh, how we underwrite, so typically we'll underwrite to zero growth in the, in the first year, even though rents are still going up in, in Phoenix and Tucson, but with zero growth year one, um, then uh, year two and three, we'll, we'll, we'll know that our, our value add has kicked in as far as um, maybe bringing rents up to market, uh, doing uh, some interior renovation, doing the exterior re renovation. So it might be 10% growth year over year, but um, it might be 1% rent growth in year two, maybe 2% rent growth in year three, uh, and then maybe 3% th in, uh, in year four. And these are markets, mind you, that have been going up, you know, seven, eight percent in 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 rent growth. So you really have to know your your market because that won't apply in other markets. Um, this is a market that you know we're shooting well below expectations of of ours of of the market surveys we get of other experts as well. Yeah. Does that one make sense? Ta talking about uh, again, because you're currently southeast, uh, southwest. So, are you planning to invest in, you know, southeast regions? You know, going down like Florida, Georgia, those those markets in the future. I do like those markets, and I, I've I've actually spent a vacation driving. We landed, we flew into Atlanta, and did all the all the markets. Um, you know, North Carolina, all the way down to Florida. I, we drove all of it. Went to some like great restaurants and whatnot, and spent some time with brokers. It's just really far to, to get to. And, you know, we visit our properties a lot. Um, I, I won't um, invest in those properties. I, I need a guy uh, or a woman that's boots on the ground and, and happy to do that. But right now, you know, we're, we've been focused on the areas that we can get to quickly and uh, consistently. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, that, I mean, that whole like, you know, um, south, west, east quarter is is just that that migration of population is 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 driving um, higher rents. Uh, the need for more multifamily that's it's the the construction is not keeping up. So that's where I want to be investing in. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of people. Again, you know, if you already know the trend, but it's just for the people who are brand new. I mean, all the like I'm not from states, so maybe you can tell the story, you know, better than than I do. Because uh, you're from there and you, you, you're the insider in this game, but there's a trend of people moving south, you know, because of the baby boomers. Again, there's a lot of people, uh, you know, and the young generation, you know, there's a lot of people in, like my age or, you know, younger. Uh, they, don't, they, they just want to rent, you know, everything. When it comes to apartments, houses, if they can rent clothes, probably they're going to do that in the future as well. And I'm sure there's companies who are already doing that also. But, you know, talking about uh, financing, you know, like, uh, I'm sure it changed a little bit from 2002 uh, until this current moment. But can you talk a little bit about the like financial, like, how do you finance your deals? What terms are you getting? And how is this process working for your business? Yeah, so, you know, the, you know, there's multiple pieces of the equity stack, you, you can, 
as a syndicator, you can just go with the with debt from a lender, and it could be agency debt, it could be a bank, and 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 those um, rates change. Right now, they're they're super low, and that's creating that COVID discount. the The sellers aren't giving a discount, but because of the the bank rate, the interest rate is so low, um, that really helps you, uh, particularly with these uh, interest only loans that that'll drive up cash on cash. Uh, that your investors want to see, um, so so that that helps a lot. Then you can have you know Mesda, you can have preferred equity, and then your your limited partners, your common equity. Uh, as a syndicator, you you know we we have a, a, a lot of people that want to invest with us uh, through common equity, and that could be you know like a 70-30 split, maybe a, an eight pref, um, and so they'll they'll see eight uh, percent on on their money and get all their money back before we get to a split, before the syndicators really make any, any money. Um, and uh, we, don't, we don't tack on um, fees, but everyone's a little different. You know, we'll, mm -hmm. um, some people will have a disposition fee or a refinance fee, you know? So you've gotta, people have to read their legal documents when you invest in, in, in someone's deal to make sure you fully understand. And it's long and it's tedious, but uh, it's so important to, you know, because all, you know, I see a ton of deals that come across my desk from other people and, you know, they'll, they'll, every, everything is rosy and it's 18% IR, 19%. But if you, if you look, really look at the numbers, you know, that 14% deal could be a lot better than the 19% deal is, you know, have they run uh, other businesses before? How much experience? You know, what are the fees? What are the splits? You know, so there's a lot of different things that you've got to be paying attention to. And uh, I think, um, because we're pretty, uh, you know, you know, straightforward and transparent with, uh, with everything that we do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause, cause it's, I mean, this business is definitely based on relationships. And again, there's a lot of different syndicators. Again, as you said, they're, you know, given kind of similar terms, let's say six, 6% return, you know, 15% IRR and let's, you know, three X multiple in five years, whatever that might be, you, you can find the same terms you know, in different, you know, LLCs and different operators. But again, the relationship piece is you, you cannot buy that, you know, and, that, and that's why it's important in this business. So maybe you can talk about, you know, a networking piece and like, how do you build those relationships? Again, this is a question for the people who want to get involved. Uh, again, if they're looking to raise capital, you know, from accredited, sophisticated investors, like how do you build those quality relationships? Like, where do you start? Yeah, um, obviously it's a little harder now with with uh, with COVID, so you're not getting out as much. But um, you know, going to conferences, being around like-minded people is 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 energizing, and you're you know you're trading business cards or you're you're um, sharing information, and then you've got to continue to cultivate that um, follow-up, you know, emails, newsletters, calls uh, to really get to know someone, and it's not just a cursory hey. I'm gonna go out and collect as many business cards as I can. You're much better off um, going much deeper in your conversations versus wider. And you walk away with 10 good contacts versus 100 not so good contacts, you're much better off with that, with, the, with those 10, you know? Mm -hmm. And you have to build a brand. And um, that took, you know, a while for me to get comfortable with, quite honestly. I wasn't a big uh, social media person. Um, I don't love talking about myself, but you know, 
you've got to you've got to share what you're doing and um you know uh, i'm i i have the ability to make people a lot of money by sharing what i do so you know that's like the tack that you've got to take and and it's not you're not pitching someone you're just saying hey you know we're i'm doing real estate where this is you know i'm checking out some properties we've done really well this is how it works and explaining it to people because a lot of people don't understand it they understand this they think they understand the stock market and i don't know if anyone understands the stock market you know but, <laughs> even, but the guys, even the guys on the wall street probably still don't understand it yeah but you know here there's no hard asset that you have there's constant fluctuations there's no tax benefits so yeah. talking about real estate is an easy sell you know to people it, you know but um it's funny i mean i know so many people that uh just won't touch it but they'll they'll go into the stock market but you know certainly i've got enough uh um people that i know that do want to invest in in real estate and realize uh all the benefits so they you know they always can't wait for the next deal and you know when we you know i hate saying hey we just don't have, have something now because of our conservative underwriting we just got to wait and wait and wait and you know you've got uh people calling you and say Hey, I got 300,000 in the place. What do you, what do you got? I'm like, well, I'm close to something, but it's not, we're not there yet. So, you know, I'll call you when I, you know, when it, when it, uh, when we get a little closer, but uh, it's hard having those conversations, people wanting to invest and you got to be like, I, I just don't, I just don't have anything right now. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, like during these, these times, um, I hear a lot of investors like yourself talking about that it's harder to find deals. Again, the financing is available. I mean, it's never the, per the perfect situation. It's either going to have a insane amount of deal flow coming in and you know, the financing is going to be the hard piece or the vice versa. So it, that, that's the way the market works. But what you said about the stock market again is, you know, a lot of people, as I said, you know, they think uh, they think that they might understand what's going on. But as I said, you know, I don't think that these guys don't even understand themselves because do what's going on in financial industries because technology is getting involved and, you know, machine learning, trading. I mean, where you can trade, you know, thousands of different assets in mul multiple, you know, uh, multiple places, like at the same time with the machine trading. I mean, it, how are you going to beat that? And how are you going to find out, like, w like what you're investing your money in? Uh, where, you know, in real estate, you actually can go and like, there's a brick, you can touch it. There's a roof, there's people who are paying the rent and they're working, you know, in, in these, these jobs. So you, you can actually feel it, see, see and feel it. So that's yeah. a completely different game. And uh, a lot of, you know, rich people, you know, started that long, long time ago, hundred years ago. So it's still, you know, it still works. So talking again, again, uh, your experience, uh, just want to ask you, what is a real estate financial modeling certified? Like what, what is, what is that? So, um, I took a class on all these different, um, formulas and, and how to underwrite deals, um, and, and build it out yourself. Now I didn't, I didn't necessarily need to know how to build it out, but I wanted to know, um, different, how to do the different calculations. And we've kind of bastardized a couple of different underwriting tools to create our own. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been really helpful. And each time we do a deal, we're like, Oh, what if it can do this? And what if it could do that? And so, um, frankly, we've been, we've just hired out other people to do it for us at this point, you know, because, uh, so that I can focus on, on, uh, 
on, on the higher level stuff. But the, that gave me kind of um, a good uh, baseline when I was started out on underwriting deals and wanted to really understand the mechanics behind what goes into it. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. give me that experience. Yeah, awesome, love it. So, can you talk about a little bit of your uh, your experience again? But not your maybe personal experience, but person you know experience of having you know management. Like, do you have an in-house management, or do you you know hire somebody to do that for you? And what is the process be behind you know hiring that professional, uh, best ever possible you know management company for your own real estate business? Yeah, so we we do use a third-party property management company. Um, they're, they're a, a, a very large company in, uh, Phoenix and Tucson. And so we weren't, we, we were worried that they were actually too big for us, you know, that we could potentially be a number. Um, but, um, we quickly found out that we, we weren't going to be. And so we started doing more things with them, but yeah, we worked with, we interviewed a lot of different companies and we would bring them out and have them do their own pro forma and, um, depending upon how they did their pro forma, uh, really helped us kind of gauge, you know, where they're at. And so we had one company that we had spent a lot of time with that um, kind of mailed in one of their pro formas. And it's such a critical piece for us to know, you know, where they think we can get the rents to, um, you know, the understanding the comps. And, and we do our best to understand that, but, but we we're relying on their, um, their sub-market uh, experience and um, and that kind of lost the deal for, for, for one of the property management companies we were looking at because they just didn't do a, a good job. And so we, we said, hey, we're not, we're not going to continue um, potentially working with you. So um, they, you know, once we hired this, this, uh, this, this bigger company and they do a phenomenal job, but they do have a lot of properties that they manage so you know um we we had to set up our own systems uh to, to manage them as well to you know trust but verify to push them and see things and and you know they would see okay here's here's the one number let's say um rent collection and leases and we would say well there's all these other numbers that you should be looking at like how many people are coming in uh uh for appointments and how many submit lease applications and how many do we convert to actual leases and we broke broke down a lot of different statistics for them and they were able to see you know how they can improve on those different facets and and understand um, what needs to happen and 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 the results we're getting are are, are significantly uh improved because you know, if you can, if, if you're at, let's say 92% uh, economic occupancy, but you can push it to, to 93, to 94, to 95, that's all pure profit, you know? You're already paying for your advertising, your labor, you know, all your big chunks of, uh, of expenses. So, you know, a, a slight tweak could mean a huge return on your money. You know, $5,000 increase in net operating income a month is 60,000 over a year, you know, multiply that by, let's say, you know, a cap rate. Okay, so let's, let's, I'll, I'll run the math real quickly. So 60,000 at a, let's say a 6% um, cap rate. Oops, I did the math wrong. 
you know, that's a million dollars right there that you've added value to your property. So little tweaks have a huge, huge um, result on your, on, on the value and, and when you go to resell. So uh, that's, that's where we kind of focus in on and we spend a lot of time asset managing our property. It's not something like, oh, we got a property, we're on to the next one. I mean, we're always looking for more deals, but you know, we have our weekly meeting and you know we go through all the all the stats and we're constantly looking for ways to improve constant improvement uh cycle awesome love it great so talking about your um property management and again uh, talking about the upcoming week which is uh the first and the third that means uh, the rent is due right so can you talk about uh, again your property management again during these covid you know times like how is your current management you know uh, property management company handles all the rent collections and like how do you handle those situations uh, where basically you have tenants that can you know don't have a job anymore and uh, they can pay you know like how do you handle those type of situations during these times yeah you have to be empathetic it's not just about you know um on our end not just about money we're we're we probably upped our communication with our, our residents, you know, fourfold, you know, providing a ton of resources, checking in on them. Do they have everything they need? Are they healthy? You know, um, everyone is, is, is dealing with their own set of problems. Um, you know, obviously our utility bills have gone through the roof um, because of, you know, everyone's staying home. So water bill and, and, and other things, but yeah, you've, you've got to work with your residents. You know, what we did also is um, we, we let them use their deposit money to help pay for the rent. You know, as long as they're, they're communicating to us and working with us, then um, yeah, we'd love to keep them for the long term. It, it's, it's the people that do not communicate with us at all. That's, it's, it's a struggle. We're taking advantage of um, that uh, it's a struggle with. You know, have that open communi uh, communication, that dialogue telling us, what your situation is, how can we help? And, um, uh, and we'll, we'll work on a payment system, whatever they need so that uh, they can get back on their feet and they have the resources. And, and thankfully, um, you know, the local uh, city uh, is providing some, uh, some grants and, and services as well. Yeah. So talking about the bills, like you, you, you mentioned now the bills for the water, for the gas are hard. So do you, do you have uh, wraps in place you know in, in, in some of your properties as well uh, do we have one in place rubs yeah yeah you have, you but have so obviously you never collect everything that um um that you charge you know unless you have a a, a, a bill back system but we have a flat fee uh each each month so yeah it's we're, we're taking the hit on that um we're not collecting late fees we're not collecting other other certain fees so our income has gone down. We've been in the positive um, um, for our, our properties. And, and actually we've had some of our best months during COVID quite honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if, if it was under normal times, our, our income would be, uh, could, would be much higher. Um, but uh, yeah, we recently just did a market survey too and, and, and found that our competitors have, have raised a rub. So we just, uh, on new residents, um, we pushed it up a little bit, uh, $10 a, a unit. But again, that adds up over time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
So again, talking about the business, um, I wanted to ask you a question about scaling, but probably we'll leave that at the beginning because this is a, you know, a fun topic to, to talk about. But uh, like marketing piece, again, because you're doing syndication deals and you, you know, uh, getting accredited, sophisticated investors capital who are investing into your deals and the future deals. So like when it comes to the marketing and branding yourself, like what approach do you guys have taken? Because again, uh, you have the podcast, you, you have that going, I seen again, you will met through Facebook. So I understand using that also, but is there any different approaches that you guys are using that will be, I think, useful for people who are looking to, to, to get started also? Yeah, I think uh, have some kind of platform and, and, and get comfortable with it and start somewhere. So um, for me, I started with a, with a meetup and um, we brought on some, you know, we had Rockcliffe come out, AAA Adams, and then I was sharing how I underwrote deals and uh, just people really got a, a lot of value out of that. And so it grew. So now um, we have a, an LA, downtown LA meetup and then a Phoenix meetup that Kyle and I run as well. So that helped and the, and the podcast helps. And, um, you know, now we're running a virtual asset management summit uh, conference. We've got mm -hmm. uh, uh, Neil Bawa speaking, Brad Sumrock. Um, uh, and you know, Big Scott, Eric Upchurch, Danny Rendazzo, you don't know why. So we got, we when, got a great. So when, when is that coming out? Uh, it's actually running right now. So we started yesterday, uh, September 21st, and it's for two weeks. It's a few hours every single day for, for two weeks and it's free to register. Um, so people, pe people, people still can register for that right now, even though it's running. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we make, we make sure that we put, put a link back. But I'm not sure when this podcast is, co is coming out. So it oh, might be over. No, it's going to be coming. We're going to make sure that it's coming uh, as soon as possible because people need to be involved in what you guys are doing. And again, if the event already started yesterday, uh, we still have time. So we're going to make sure that this is going to air out. And I'm sure, again, people who are watching this right now, they already registered for that. So good. So good. So what, what are you guys are planning to accomplish? Again, as I said, you know, scaling and uh, 2020 is kind of interesting year, but you're still looking to double your assets under management this year. Look in 2021 or maybe, you know, five years ahead, ahead projection. Maybe it's too long for you, but I don't know. But maybe you can answer that question. Like, where are you planning to put your business and yourself in a position when it comes to real estate assets? Like, let's say, you know, next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we hope, to, you know, we're working with a business partner right now. And uh, if it works great, if it works out on this deal, then we can really scale up because they can bring a significant amount of capital uh to the deals that we're looking at and uh, actually i was just talking to them before uh, before our uh, recording and um i mean we we hope to do 50 100 million next year and continue that path over the next uh few years um but it's the deals have to make sense we're not going to do deals that just to do deals um because that's that's a surefire way to uh be out of business and and you know very quickly so um it's about long-term um sustainability and working with the right people, good people that you can trust and um, are easy to work with and continue to grow that way. Awesome. So we, we have uh, big, big, uh, big aspirations and we need to build out our team as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. So again, for people who are looking to get involved into real estate or looking to invest again from the passive side, uh, before we're gonna you know, close this part, uh, 
can you tell people like what does it take for them to invest because i know there's going to be some people who are watching and thinking look i don't i don't want the headaches of the you know toilets tenants and you know all these problems that people are talking about you know when they acquire you know four unit properties or 10 unit you know deals so what does it take for somebody to invest in, in your deals uh, from a passive standpoint? Yeah, for us, we typically ask for a $50,000 minimum. Um, you can use a self-directed IRA or a solo 401k, or you can use cash. Um, we look to basically double their money over the five-year hold. Um, every, every deal is a, a little different. Um, but... Uh, you know, we also want to make sure that um, they understand all the risks involved as well. You know, um, uh, there's a tremendous amount of benefits and we minimize it as much as possible. But we always look at, OK, what are the, what are the things that that could go wrong, you know, potentially? And, and, and you've got to be able to to weigh all those factors. Um, but, yeah, I mean, people can, you know, I, I'll share my contact information later, but they can you know, reach out to me. We have an investor form on our website that people can fill out. And, um, you know, we like to have a conversation before they can invest. And that's part of the uh, 506B regulations to have a, a, uh, a significant relationship beforehand. Uh, so they get to understand us and we get to understand, you know, their investing needs uh, and goals so that we can be aligned and, and make sure. And if we're not aligned, then, then, hey, I mean, there's other people that I can direct them to if they're looking for certain things, you know? Awesome. Awesome. I love that. So, you know, for that, for talking about that, you know, connecting with yourself, like what will be the best uh, platforms for people to, to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on uh, Facebook. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. Gary Lipsky, just look me up. My email is G Lipsky, L I P S K Y at APT capital group.com. And uh, you can book a, uh, a Calendly uh, session with me. If you wanted to have a, a quick call, we have a, a free ebook on our website. If you go to that, uh, www.aptcapitalgroup.com. Awesome, awesome, love it. So look, I, cu I couldn't find the, the ebook, uh, you know, for, for now because uh, it will take me a few minutes probably to do that, to go to the website. But of course, all the links for you guys are gonna be down below. So you, you can go and check it out, the free resources. And as always, I would love for you to, to get in contact with Gary, just ask, you know, questions uh, about what does it take to invest, you know, in, in those deals, because there is a lot of people facing a lot of, you know, financial difficulties right now. But even though some people are, you know, in, like I would say, you know, in, in the in the place where they still have some capital available to invest, and they know that they should be looking to invest somewhere, because again, the, the job is getting, you know, uh, more and more uncertain is like, it, it, is it going to happen? Like, are we going to open or, you know, what's going to happen in the future? Again, technology is here. So there's a lot of people looking for other ways, you know, not even to protect their capital, but to grow it over time or just to have an additional income stream. So definitely recommend to connect with you, with Gary and uh, ask all those questions. But for you, Gary, I really enjoyed the episode. It's been a good fun. Again, uh, with your experience from, you know, restaurants, creating movies, and then going into real estate, which is, again, both, as I said, both things require you to be passionate, which, as I see, you're really passionate about what you do, and you guys are growing your portfolio, which is awesome, even though the times are a little bit tough, you know, for a lot of people. So that's good. And you're, at the same time, you're helping a lot of people to preserve and grow their, their capital and their wealth. So it's been a true pleasure to, to get to know you today. Uh, 
for you guys who have watched this episode and you think this was a valuable piece of a content, uh, just one thing that I wanted to ask you, just to go and share that with your friend, uh, the one who might be interested into investing into real estate actively, passively, want to learn more about you know, multifamily syndication, what does it take for them to start this business? Uh, share this piece of a content and uh, that's all it is. And uh, guys, as always, I'm going to see you in the next episode. Thank you.